All right, welcome to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me as always is Brandon. And we got another week in the books, and uh, we were wrong about a lot of stuff, but wrong kind of in a good way. <laughs> right, it's that we feel okay to be proven wrong. Yes, and uh, if you want to feel really good about yourself this week, Brandon, you did not get a single point. <laughs> yes. Oh man, yeah, it was um, it was a rough one. We both bombed the Michigan game, which of course, you know, I mean, in this case, that was a good thing. Um, but then your lock was blown up, and Justin Fields let you down and did not throw a TD. Mm-hmm. So sorry about that, man. Yeah, fine with it. <laughs> but you did have the lead, so even though I got points, uh, I'm not that far ahead. We're we're in week six, and I've got 23 points. You've got 20. Rock. So, yeah, I guess we will jump right into things because first up, the Lions went to Chicago. And it Took was a dump on the field. <laughs> I was going to say it was a big deuce like we expected. Yeah, really boring game. Mm-hmm. Uh, final score was 24 to 14 Bears. Uh, first thing I had in my notes was just poopy. <laughs> Not Bears. <laughs> uh, Jared Goff, man, he was so off. Oh, man. Uh, on Sunday, like he overthrew so many passes. And like they got to the red zone, and it was just like he panicked or something. Yeah. Well, how many times did they get in the red zone, and then they turned it over? Oh gosh, it was like three at least. Yeah, and it was just like a different a different thing each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that one where Ragnall snapped it right into Goff's crotch. Not quite as bad as a butt fumble, but it was pretty ugly. <laughs> the ball fumble. But yeah, Goff, he went 24 for 38 for 299 and two touchdowns. I mean, numbers-wise, it's not bad, but yeah, he was just off like the entire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Williams is a leading uh, rusher. He had 14 carries for 66 yards. Quintez Cephas had four receptions for 83 yards. And Khalif Raymond scored both the touchdowns. Um. On the defensive side of the ball, Amani Orowarie had an interception. Um, really, what it was is he got beat super bad, but it was a bad pass that was tipped. <laughs> so he was able to get the interception. Uh, if he was actually like in good coverage, you probably wouldn't have got it. <laughs> uh, Charles Harris had another sack. He's been like quietly pretty decent for him. I believe he had a sack last week or the week prior as well. So, uh, so for the Bears, Fields only threw seventeen passes, and he he went eleven for seventeen for two oh nine and an interception. Uh, David Montgomery ended up getting hurt, but in the time that he did play, he had twenty three carries for hundred and six yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> uh, Damian Williams came in as the backup. He had a rushing touchdown. Darnell Mooney led. The Bears receivers with 125 yards. The Lions could not cover that guy to save their lives. Mm. It seemed like every single time Fields threw a pass, like it was going to Mooney. Yeah. Uh, and it, then on 
on the defense, Rokon, Smith, Robert Quinn, uh, Travis Gibson, and Khalil Mack all had a sack. Yeah, the lines made it look easy, which, I mean, let's face it, they do that a lot, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that defense, man, is, it's atrocious. And that Anzalone guy, yeah, he needs to go. He's terrible. I thought when they signed Alex Anzalone in the in the offseason that he would at least be serviceable, but the dude cannot cover, like, crap. Well, I mean, we weren't expecting much more this year, so it's not surprising that new <laughs> new crap is rising to the service or unexpected crap. <laughs> yeah. But. Oh, and I saw today that, um, you know, the Lions cut Jamie Collins last week, and the Patriots just signed him. Of course. So he'll be good for them. He's oh, always yeah. good for the Patriots. He's played on the Patriots, I think, three or four times. Yeah. Oh, man. It was it was a slow, boring one, that's for sure. Like, the other ones at least had some entertainment factors, especially the ones where the lines were coming back towards the end. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, even as we were talking about last week, it seems like the um, continual or repetitious thing with the Chicago games where they're just boring and suck. Yeah. I, I realized this year, the Lions are a very bizarre team because they play to the team's level they're playing. So when they play good teams, they play well. When they play bad teams, they play badly. It's very weird. <laughs> it's like Michigan of the years past. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, is Harbaugh like secretly coaching this team? <laughs> Oh man. You want to get in the preview for the Lions? Yeah, maybe maybe there'll be something more interesting getting to talk about the other NFC teams. So oh, not NFC really. North. So they play the Vikings at Minnesota. It is at 1 p.m. on Fox. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm always happy when it's 1 p.m. Fox. Are- uh, this might be a stupid question, but outside of Monday night football games, are all NFC North games usually one o'clock? Uh, usually because, you know, unless they're playing. Well, I mean, like it, when they play each other. Oh, yeah, I think so. I, I guess I never really thought about that. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Unless they're playing like Thursday night or. Or Monday night. Yeah. Or Monday night or Sunday night. Yeah, I can't remember last time that they've. Anyways, yeah, you don't sorry. see very many like bears versus lions at four o'clock. Yeah. I don't know if they've ever played at four o'clock against each other or even Sunday nights for that, because that matchup sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. You see Packers Vikings sometimes, but uh, yeah. So Vikings 1 PM box uh, Vikings have Kirk cousins at quarterback. He's playing pretty well this year. Um, the Vikings, I believe, are like one and three. So not like they're anything great, but they'll probably be the Lions. They have um, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson at wide receiver. Those are probably their two biggest offensive weapons outside of running back. Uh, Delvin Cook, who he's pretty good, but he gets banged up all the time. 
Yeah. Seems like he's always getting hurt because he's on my fantasy team. So of course, um, yeah. And I mean, they got some decent tight ends that they use on occasion. It's it's mostly like Dalvin Cook show and then Justin Jefferson. <laughs> he gets a lot of the targets. He had a crazy rookie season. Um, so far this year, he's doing all right. On a defensive side of the ball, they have Danell Hunter. He's got five sacks already this season. Mm. So, and I saw that Frank Ragnow is now on IR for the Lions, which sucks because he's, I think he's probably the best player that the Lions have on both sides of the ball. Um, And I saw that Panay Sewell is probably not going to play on Sunday because he's got an ankle injury. So throw that on top of, of Decker already being out. So now three of the starting five offensive linemen are out. <laughs> so I'm expecting Hunter to get quite a few sags. Oh, man. Oh, it's noteworthy, too, that last week, the Lion, like on top of Ragnow getting hurt, Romeo Arcbara is out for the entire season with an Achilles tear. It's just like the list keeps getting longer and longer. He was he led the team in sacks last year with ten, and he just got a big contract this year. So that's cool. That's something well, that typically happens with the Lions. Well, I keep saying it, but it, you know it's this year. I'm not too worried about it, and I just hopefully in that case it's not going to be a long term problem for him that he can kind of bounce back from it. Yeah, so. let's see how it goes. Um, Achilles tears usually, usually um, alter guys' careers. That's a hard yeah. one to come back from big time. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> usually the Lions don't play very well at Minnesota historically, so we'll see how it goes. Lions don't play well pretty much anywhere. I wonder where they have the best winning percentage at home <laughs> well away <laughs> from home i don't know maybe chicago because sometimes they can beat the bears yeah i can tell you I, they probably have the worst winning percentage either in uh arizona or green bay yeah the uh the, it's got to be out there somewhere i'm not gonna like keep people these suck in washington too <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i remember some of those washington games of recent years Good times. Oh, yeah. So do you want to talk about something a little more positive and go on to Michigan? Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be able to uh, continue this lovely dialogue when we get to, uh, <laughs> when we get to our preview episode so, or preview uh, prediction portion of the episode. So uh, we get to move on to something that is definitely a lot more upbeat, uh, a lot more positive in the fact that both Brent and I were wrong that Michigan was able to come home from Wisconsin with the win and not just a win, but a very convincing win. Uh, they finished 38 to 17 against Wisconsin and uh, they looked pretty good doing it too. Yeah. So I am going to, we've got two voicemails this week, so we're going to start things off with those and then move forward from there. So here's voicemail number one. How y'all doing? Caleb and Brandon. Um, 
Stephen Brown, man. I'm, you know, I really don't have too much negative to say about this guy. I'm smiling, man. I, 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 I thought they beat Wisconsin thirty to nine. Now I didn't put that on Twitter. One because my, I'm, I'm restricted based on a comment I made on Michael Myers, a real Michael Myers '78 timeline. So if you listen to Michael Myers, if, if we ever run into each other, your sister ain't the only issue you gotta worry about. It's me, bro. You know, after your sister, you gotta come see me. I'm letting you know. Yeah, ain't gonna be no sequel. But man, this is a great game. Hey, man, I'm just so glad Don Brown. I hate talking about Don Brown because I just don't like the guy. But man, I'm, Mike McDonald was man. I like this dude. I do think that sometimes they they leave the secondary on on islands too much individually because when Vincent Gray showed his ugly head today, he really did that same old Vincent Gray. He played terribly, he was, but Dax, you know, I was mad at Dax for a minute, but after Dax cracked old boy ribs, which is what I think happened, he just played like a five star supposed to. Um, he played like the best player in the secondary, which is what he's supposed to be. And the defense looks better under a real coordinator. I'm just—I I saw so many things today. I saw <laughs> the team when jump around came on. The team didn't let that get them down. The team was actually getting themselves hyped. Like, okay, y'all want to jump? We're gonna do it too. We're gonna get our fans into it. I, I just saw a different dynamic. Everything is different now. The culture is different, and, and you know, it, it's just good to see. It took a long time, but it's good to see Harbaugh finally embrace wanting to get better. And it shouldn't have taken him getting a pay cut, but I'm glad it did. And finally listening to the kids, like, okay, well, we need to do something different. And getting rid of your friends. Like, like the, the, everything just seems different. Am I excited? Yes. I'm not even skeptical. I, I think they'll beat Nebraska down. And um, Indiana, they're going to catch it too. I think they'll beat Michigan State. Who knows, man? The sky's the limit for this team. Cade played well. I haven't, hey, hey, there were some throws Cade made that were bad. There were some throws that the receivers could have caught and should have caught. Eric All even played good. I, I know I didn't see that happen. He blocked well. He caught well. Running was, man, this is a complete win. And I don't want to hear people say, well, Wisconsin and the Wisconsin back and they got whooped by Michigan, I guess. But this was a great win. Go blue, yo. All right. Steven, thank you for the voicemail. Um, yeah. Oh, shoot. There was something at the beginning of that that I really wanted to kind of emphasize. But uh, yeah, definitely when uh, I don't I don't care what anybody else says. Um, it, it was big and it was important because uh, the Wisconsin defense was legit. Um, uh, you can say what you want about the offense, but the defense it was legit and. You know, Michigan, the offense showed up and did what it was supposed to, and so did the defense. But, I mean, this this Wisconsin defense, the most rushing yards that they allowed in their first three games was 50, 50 rushing yards. Michigan put up 112. Doesn't sound like a lot, but, I mean, we're talking about a good Wisconsin defense. And then also Michigan put up the most passing yards against them too. Um, Just – just like a dozen or more than Penn State and Notre Dame did. But still, I mean, you know, Michigan went on the road for the first time. They looked good doing it. Uh, are there, is there room for improvement? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
but I completely agree too and want to touch, uh, of course, before moving on, the whole culture thing that Stephen mentioned, because I believe that too. I believe that that's been something, as he said, that's been missing and that you see different this year. Jump Around was a great uh, example of that. I don't know if anybody out there read, but there was a story or comment circulating around about Harbaugh when they got back from Wisconsin. I Harbaugh was on campus or went to his office or something. And I think it was McCarthy and a few other players uh, were going to the practice field right away when they got back. Like it wasn't a mandatory practice or anything like it was just by choice that players were going as soon as they got back, you know, from as people like to call their business trip, as soon as they got back, it was right back to work. And, you know, those are things you just don't, didn't hear about in the past. So yeah, just, just a lot of positive things to take away from that. Any uh, direct comments on that uh, first voicemail there, Brandon, or. I'm just wondering what he said to Michael Myers (laughs) (laughs) and why it set him off. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to have to watch out there. So might need a little backstory sometime. (laughs) Oh, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, I I noticed the the big increase in energy uh with the team as a whole, you know, like you mentioned jump around and everything. I, that was something that really stood out to me. They weren't just standing there looking like they're, you know, ready to leave like years past. Uh it was nice to see like the guys out there enjoying themselves. Oh, yeah, I just I don't know, right there. Oh, uh, what- liked it. Uh, one thing that I'll mention, uh, I'll mention now because it kind of goes along with some that Steven said. I don't know if I'll get a chance to say it later. Um, one thing that I do, because uh, I'm optimistic, I'm excited. Um, the, the sky is the limit. I completely agree. The sky is the limit. But, you know, uh, there were questions going into this game on being like, okay, how is Michigan going to perform on the road? How is Michigan going to perform in front of a hostile crowd. Uh, Nebraska is going to be interesting because it's going to be a night game. You know, it's going to be a little bit of a different factor. Um, but then the other thing that element that intrigues me the most is how is this, the Michigan defense going to perform against a high power passing offense that is not Nebraska, um, but they will be facing, you know, Penn state later that, uh, is more proficient at passing. You could potentially say Ohio State. Ohio State's been kind of weird. But, you know, that that's kind of like a question that's ling- lingering for me because this defense has been great, and, and I do believe they're great, even still against a good passing defense. But it's just like we've seen those little things. He talks about Vincent Gray. He talks about uh, some of the defenders being on an island a little bit, definitely not like Don Brown's defense. But what's it going to be like if it's a – more proficient passing offense that they're facing. Hopefully Mm -hmm. the defensive front will be able to cause chaos for the quarterback up front and everything to help out with that. But that that's kind of the one big question mark that's still sitting there for me. So um, moving on though, we do have one more voicemail. So let's go with that. Yo man, it's Monday night, 814. It's Steven Brown. Listen, uh, before I get into what I want to talk about, I got a message for all you Michigan fans putting up those stupid tweets about being nervous for Nebraska. How about y'all don't root for another team? Y'all can't be nervous for every game. Not, not, not every game. 
Don Brown ain't there no more. Mike Zordich is gone. Ed Warner's gone. Bob Shoup is gone. Stop tweeting that stupid stuff. You know, being nervous about every game. Uh, you can tell a lot of y'all have, have never tasted success, and a lot of y'all are Lions fans anyway. So you should, I mean, you, they, they, they're not the Lions. The Fords don't own the Michigan Wolverines. Like, like, stop that. I will call your, 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 uh, your names on your Twitter handles, but y'all ain't worth it, man. Like, shut up. You, Nebraska? Really? Y'all gonna say you're nervous about Indiana? Some of y'all be nervous on the bye week. Like, man, oh, the bye week is undefeated. Shut up. Go root for another team if you're gonna be nervous all the time. Go root for somebody else. Stop that. Y'all sound dumb. You sound dumb. Good Lord, man. Like, man, I wouldn't mention. Some of y'all Michigan fans are like the worst. Y'all are the worst fans on earth. Y'all worse than that, that team down south. They're fans. Y'all worse than them. I live in Alabama. I, I, I don't, fans ain't nervous about games. When are we going to get to the point where we just appreciate how good they are? Like, shut up. Always crying about something. You think that the Lions, they're not, matter of fact, you, the Lions ain't winning nothing. Choose another team. Don't get on Twitter complaining about the Lions every week. What do you expect out of the Lions? They're the Lions. Now back to what I was, wanted to talk about. We got a problem next year, fellas, because, you know, Kay McNamara and J.J. McCarthy, there's two quarterback systems. You know, I, I, I know they play two because you got to keep J.J. happy. Kay's going to have to go. He's going to he gonna have to – He if he wins the Heisman, well, that's one thing, but it's going to be a problem next year, um, Brandon and Caleb. So, I, you know, I can see – I don't think Caleb – I mean, I'm sorry, I don't think Kay is ready for the NFL. But J.J. is clearly going to be – J.J. is just a better player. So I, I want you all's opinions on that. But, you know, I, I like seeing two quarterbacks. I like seeing that. I like seeing these guys, you know, go out there and, and make throws. And they bring out the best in each other. But, man, next year is going to be something. I think Michigan is going to finish the year strong this year. But next year might be the year. And and K, K, K just <sighs> – J.J. is raw. J.J. is pure. J.J. is that dude. So – that transfer portal is going to see Cade McNamara or, or unrestricted free agency. But he, it's going to be a problem next year, man. All right, I'm out. Peace. Go Blue. All right, Stephen. Thanks for your passionate voicemail <laughs> uh, about those nervous jive turkeys. <laughs> um, it's it's so funny. I got to say this because he was talking about being nervous about the bye week. I used to hate the bye week because I can't remember when it was. Um, I want to say it was like, uh, was it before 2016? Anyways, I always hated the bye week because I always seemed that Michigan after the bye week lost. Mm-hmm. It was like a streak of three years or so or something, or they came out and they always performed bad. I always hated that. Uh, not wor- not worried about this year. Um, but anyways, yeah. Uh, now about being nervous about Nebraska, I'm not surprised about it. I mean the Michigan fan base is vocal on all ends of the spectrum. So yeah. um, I, I am not nervous about it. I think they will do fine. Um, I will say that Nebraska is definitely better than they looked at the beginning of the season and they're not to be overlooked. I mean, uh, us as the fans and the viewers, it doesn't really matter. It's really the team and the way this team has been acting. I don't think they're going to be like that. Uh, but yeah, they, they are performing better. Um, they've, uh, well, I'll, I'll jump into a little bit 
more because uh, I want to give you a minute to be able to react as well, Brennan, to uh, what Steven was talking about with the quarterbacks and everything, and if you had anything else from his voicemail. Um, yeah, he cracked me up with the uh, um, talking about complaining about the Lions. <laughs> yeah, it really does get to the point. It's like, where, what are you expecting from him? <laughs> but yeah, as far as Michigan... Uh, I don't understand to being nervous about Nebraska either. I mean, I think Martinez is a pretty decent quarterback if he went to a different school and had some talent around him. I just, I, I don't see Nebraska doing anything. Um, I think Frost is kind of a joke. I don't know how he still has his job there. Because, uh, I mean, what has he done there? Nothing. As a coach, <laughs> as a player, yeah, but I mean, as a coach, what has he done there? Like nothing. Um, and you know, they're another one of those programs too that has a rich history of winning, and then lately they haven't done crap. So you know, they're getting antsy, and I just I don't understand the love that they're getting, I guess, or why people are like, you know, nervous. I. You know, just like he said, he might as well just be nervous about a bye week. Which, the only time I ever get nervous about a bye week is trying to figure out what I'm going to do that day. <laughs> That's when you put all your fall chores on one day. <laughs> right. <laughs> I puzzle both the lawn and rake some leaves and... <laughs> and f- clean the gutters and uh, re-roof the house. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um... The... Mar- bringing up Martinez. Martinez is good and can be good. He can be a little bit dangerous. I know that in years past, you know, rightfully so with Michigan's defense, it was a cautious thing going up against a mobile quarterback. This is definitely going to be the mm-hmm. most mobile quarterback that Michigan will have faced up until now. Might be the most mobile quarterback until um, facing Ohio State. Yeah, Indiana's kind of got one too. Um, but so, I mean, you, you could say there's some caution with that, but to be nervous, no. I mean, I after what you saw on the road against Wisconsin, I don't think you should anybody should really be nervous. Um, there should be more optimism than anything. I mean, yeah, sure, while you're watching the game, fine, get nervous, you know, have the excitement, butterflies, whatever you want to call it from mm-hmm. watching the game. I was up and down all over the place with the Wisconsin game. Because uh, it got uh, close there before halftime. But, um, yeah, it's just fans being fans, I guess. Oh, yeah, say? and as far, as far as the quarterbacks. Oh, I was just going to um, say that. Yeah, see, I get what he's saying. Um, I've, I said it a couple of weeks ago that um, McNamara is more of like the, kind of the game manager where he's kind of like the safe guy. You know, he doesn't really take too many chances he's safe with the ball he doesn't turn it over a lot he's kind of like i don't know if you want to compare him to like an an nfl guy he's kind of similar to alex smith where like he can move around a little bit he could throw the ball decently but what he's gonna do is he's not gonna be you know throwing interceptions or making dumb decisions for the most part where mccarthy's more of the gunslinger risk taker guy because he's got such a strong arm Mm-hmm. Um, he's more, I guess, similar to, you know, someone like Matthew Stafford, who, you know, he can move around fairly well. He's not necessarily like mobile in the sense of like Martinez is, 
but he can move around in a pocket. He's a decent enough athlete, but he's got like a cannon for an arm and he knows it. So he's more quick to, you know, fall on that and try to squeeze a pass into a small window. I could, I could see that. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, if you can, um, you'll get McCarthy a little more comfortable and kind of harness the, or kind of reel him in a little bit, you know, work on the fundamentals with him. So he's not so raw then yeah, he's definitely much better than McNamara. But I mean, at the moment, it's you're going to kind of go with the safe guy. But yeah, like he said, next year, then we might have a problem next year. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I don't think there's any kind of quarterback battle right now. Um, mm-hmm. In my own opinion, from what we've seen and everything, I do believe it's one of those things, you know, keeping JJ happy and getting him some playing time, getting him a little experience, you know, so that if anything happens, he's ready to go. Next year, absolutely, I agree. Like, it's going to be like, hey, you know, you guys got to fight for the job and the best man wins. And I hope both of them stick around because they're both good and it would be amazing to have the other one as a backup because so many times, as we've said in the past, once Michigan's quarterback goes down, it's like out the window. Like, that's it. Game over. Um. So I totally agree with that where McNamara seems to be more of the game manager. And I, I'm hoping that with this situation with JJ, that he takes the opportunity to kind of learn from McNamara and not be more cautious, but just like, I I would be very interested if JJ was uh, starting right now, what would happen if he tripped, if he messed up, you know, would he be able to bounce back? Would he get reckless? Would he, you know, spiral? And so I'm hopeful that with him being behind McNamara for this season, that maybe that might help that. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe he's fine and maybe he would totally be okay with dealing with that. But I mean, with how young and fresh he is, uh, you know, a season like this is not going to be harmful for him it's if anything it's going to be useful and it could be one of those situations too like um you know god forbid that mcnamara gets injured or something and then mccarthy has to come in and he plays really well and then mcnamara doesn't start again after that yeah (laughs) Uh, it's happened before at michigan i remember you know this might be a little bit before some of the stuff you remember but do you remember matt gutierrez uh no, I was not uh, good with the names of players before yeah. I had on TV. <laughs> this was back in like '04, I think. Uh, he was set to be the starter. Uh, he ended up getting a shoulder injury before the season opener, like during pregame warmups, and then Chad Henney got forced into playing as a freshman, and then we all know what happened from there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then Gutierrez, you know, he had to to transfer some little rinky dink school. I think it was like Idaho State or something like that. Idaho potatoes. But I mean, he ended up going on and having a a short NFL career, so whatever. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's kind of similar to that, I guess. Hmm. Uh, well, before uh, so jumping on kind of moving on past voicemails uh again to join in too if anybody wants to call and leave a voicemail for michigan or the lions uh feel free to do so uh any point in time between 8 p.m on tuesday nights the number you call is 
258-3276. Thanks again for calling in, Stephen. Um, one thing I want to bounce back real quick to with Wisconsin before going into uh, looking at Nebraska. Uh, watching Wisconsin really made me feel like uh, watching Michigan from like 2017 um maybe 18 a little bit but definitely 2017 where it's just like the offense sucked and the only reason Michigan was winning games was because of the defense and I totally saw some similarities with Wisconsin's team that Michigan just played against so I just wanted to throw that out there because it kind of – I was going to talk about it during the game, but then all of a sudden, like, Wisconsin started playing better, and I was like, ah. Um, but then, like, to be fair, too, like, there were one or two drives that Wisconsin had. There, there was that drive that was, like, 30 seconds in of the first half uh, that they pulled together. Uh, but honestly, with one of those, it's almost like there's nothing you could do about it. I mean, that was just crazy, insane uh, Mertz – spot on passing Mm -hmm. like you couldn't beat that i mean the defense was on top of every guy pretty much everywhere uh for that drive and he just was one half second ahead of him with his passes and he made it look easy but that was the only drive really that i had so yeah and then mertz got hurt and that kind of fizzled wisconsin out it was the end. I don't think he would have really been able to do much after that. So, um, but that brings up a fair thing too, where another thing to like about Michigan's offense, a lot of times, you know, people are just like, oh, you know, it's really great to, um, to be able to wear down the defense when you have an offense like Michigan has with focusing on running so much. But you also have to look at the way that helps out the defense a lot, too, because, I mean, you saw it with the Wisconsin defense. That Wisconsin defense, that great Wisconsin defense, has done so well against everybody, even the games that they lost. That defense did really well. Um, Because a lot of times uh, some of the difference that was being made was because the Wisconsin offense was giving up, like, pick sixes, and fumble recoveries for touchdowns and things like that. That Wisconsin defense put up a heck of a game for three quarters. And then the fourth quarter caught up to them. And so with Michigan having the offense that they do and being able to give their defense more time on the sideline and being able to be have more energy for that fourth quarter, that is a huge difference maker that uh, a lot of people might not be identifying Yes, it's good to wear down the other team's defense, but it's also great to keep your defense fresh. So, and I think that's just some of the stuff that's going to feed into the Nebraska game. Uh, Is Martinez good? Yes. Uh, Has Nebraska been looking better? Yes. Uh, Their three losses, so Nebraska is three and three. Their three losses have been on the road. So this is at home for them and a night game. Uh, Michigan is favored by three and a half. Yes, three and a half points. The over-under is 50 and a half. It's a night game, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Um, I mean, you know, night game in Nebraska. What is it? They always talk about their black shirt defense or whatnot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like they're they they're inconsistent is the thing with Nebraska because I almost want to say they've come into their own, but they are super inconsistent because they played um Michigan State has been a oddly enough an offensive juggernaut uh they haven't exactly played a stout defense um they played northwestern youngtown youngstown state miami which is not as good as everybody expected western kentucky those teams outside of uh nebraska and um they are huge into rushing this year as they often are but all those teams either put over 200 uh, or Michigan state was able to put up over 200 rushing yards or like 190. So, I mean, they were effective with rushing the ball, but then Nebraska playing in East Lansing held them to 71 rushing yards. Could have been an off night. Maybe, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. So it's just shown a progression. Like the first game of the season was absolute. I mean, I watched it. it. I think that was like the Thursday or Friday night game against Illinois. Cause it was one of the few games on, it was terrible. Nebraska looked bad. Illinois looked bad. And then Illinois took the win. But ever since then um, they've been looking a little bit better or better. They had a one possession game against Oklahoma. I know Oklahoma is not like they have been in the, uh, past couple years, but they're still, you know, a high-powered team. Uh, I think their defense is looking better than their offense this year. Um, but then to go into East Lansing and then take it into overtime, uh, I watched some of the highlights of that game. I thought that maybe the Nebraska defense got like a pick six or a game changer there and everything. Uh, not really. Honestly, the only reason, uh, one of the main reasons Michigan State was able to uh, take them down was because they converted a big special teams punt return touchdown mm-hmm. to be able to force overtime. Um, so Nebraska, Nebraska knows how to play. Does that make me nervous? No, but I'm just kind of saying this as far as like, Hey, you know, fans realize that if it's a slow start and everything, don't, don't be surprised. Um, don't, don't be concerned. I'll be concerned about things if it's close game more so in the second half and seeing where it goes from there. Um, that's also another thing, too. Even though we saw the good second half from Michigan against Wisconsin, I we saw what can happen when they played at home against Rutgers. So it would be good to see them continue the trend of coming out fresh in the second half, making adjustments, playing smart, um, being productive in the second half. Um, so I think that will be a key point. It's always a key point in the game, but I think especially for Michigan being on the road again against Nebraska, that the third quarter is going to be, uh, important for them. So they're definitely a pass heavy offense. Um, they've been putting up over 230 yards passing, uh, every game. I mean, some of them, they've been, uh, you know, two, uh, 289, 296, 304. Um, and so they're able to compete even when they don't rush as well. They had that one possession game against Oklahoma, and they only put up 95 rushing yards. 
Their leading rusher is Martinez, their quarterback. Um, so he is dangerous, um, but that is kind of a one-dimensional running game. They don't really have the strongest uh, running back uh, outside of that then because Martinez has over 400 yards. Their leading running back uh, is just a little over 200 uh, rushing yards. So even though it's going to be a mobile quarterback, if the defensive front for Michigan can do enough good enough job of containing him and the linebackers, uh, when he is able to break through, can just keep him from, you know, not breaking out to a big run. I don't think there's a huge concern for Michigan. And honestly, the offense has been doing well enough that I don't think that that should be a concern really at all. Cause now we've seen that if even, um, the Nebraska defense does restrict the um, passing game, uh, sorry, running game, that the passing game is able to step in and perform well. Uh, the, the teams that they face uh, all have been able to put up decent passing yards. And so uh, watching some of the highlights and everything, their defense has gaps. And so they can be picked apart. And with the balance between the running game and the passing game, I, I do feel like it, it might be not uh, it, it might be similar to the Wisconsin game, you know, three quarters of slow, uh, productive offense, and then maybe kind of opening things up more in the fourth quarter. But uh yeah, it should be a good game. And I think Michigan's gonna gonna look uh, pretty good in Nebraska. I'm not gonna be you know, going all crazy and saying it's going to be a blowout and things <laughs> like that. You know, I'm still, um, it's not even cautious, cautiously optimistic. It's just week by week, you know, uh, seeing them fill holes in that they've had the week prior and things like that. So I'm really hoping that since this is a, uh, more of a pass heavy offense than most of the teams that Michigan has faced before, um, that the secondary steps up and we don't see them get burned because they have yeah. they have left opening f- openings for other teams and either they're ha- they've been lucky with drops or um, they haven't gotten burnt yet. So that's if there was probably one thing that I would circle and say, hey, this is this is the pivotal uh, point for Michigan's performance. It would be how the secondary can handle the passing game of Nebraska. Yeah, I would agree. Because at times they've looked a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they're capable, um, you know. Uh, so it'll be kind of interesting because it's that give and take, you know. I mean, you got to uh, – you can't overcommit to the pass because, you know, they've got a running game and especially a mobile quarterback. So if everybody can do their job and, you know – clamp things down so that nobody gets uh gets loose whether it's the quarterback running or a a wide receiver um running a route then i think they should do pretty good uh speaking of which actually the i know again the wisconsin offense isn't that um as dynamic as they have been in the past but they still have a decent offensive front um michigan's defense did 
fantastic last week. And I think it's a season high for a game. They had six sacks and seven tackles for loss. Wow. And then Michigan's offensive line. I mean, I, I, two, two unsung hero. Well, a, a lot of people have been talking about the offensive line already, actually. So I shouldn't say they're unsung heroes because they've talked about the holes that they've been opening up for the running game. But emphasize again the great job the offensive line is doing. The Wisconsin defense had zero sacks and only two tackles for loss. Uh, I think against like uh, Notre Dame, I think they had over 10 tackles for loss. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, I think one of the biggest unsung heroes, though, for Michigan is Moody. Um, because he has been so great and reliable and he paid, played an integral part in the Wisconsin game because if they had s- several of those drives where they went for field goals instead of being able to punch in for a touchdown and they didn't convert points, that could have been demoralizing for the team. And Moody was able to make big kicks and keep the team uh, their momentum moving forward. So Moody, I think, is is a big part of everything, and he's just been great. Um, so definitely don't want to overlook that. Um, I know I kind of uh, went on a long <laughs> spiel there. Did you have anything else to add? Uh, kind of like some things with Michigan looking into, excuse me, looking into Nebraska. Um, no, I don't think so. I think you pretty much covered everything. Um. Yeah, I guess I'm just interested to see which Nebraska team shows up. Yeah, I think I think Nebraska will be pumped up. I think that they will do well. I don't think – because you've kind of got your two spectrums. You've got like Nebraska of versus Illinois, and then you've got your Nebraska of playing against Oklahoma and Michigan State, where even mm-hmm. though they lost – they were one possession games. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to get more of a performance of the Michigan state, Oklahoma style. I, I don't think it's going to end in a one possession game. Uh, I think there that Michigan, especially by the fourth quarter is going to start to open things up and wind the score. But I, I think they're Nebraska is kind of like on the trajectory of, you know, they're going to kind of slowly get better as the season progresses. Nothing, Nothing astronomical or anything, but they've definitely been steadily getting better since their first game against Illinois. So, all right. Well, uh, if there's nothing else to uh, throw into the ring, do you want to start talking about predictions for the weekend? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Rock. Well, we will start, and I'll let you go with the lines. All right, like I said, I'm not expecting the Lions to win. Um, I'm not sure if they're even going to reach the three wins that I thought they were going to get. Uh, especially with all the injuries and stuff in the offensive line and how bad the defense is. Um, yeah, they usually have a hard time winning at Minnesota, so it was kind of easy to make the pick. Um, I think it's going to be a closer game, though, because the Vikings have struggled a little bit, too. Um, but I think the Vikings are going to win it 31-24. Uh, to 24. 
right, 31 to 24. Oh man, yeah. Well, I I don't even know if after this uh, last weekend's performance, I don't even know if I would think that the Lions are going to break twenty points anytime soon. <laughs> um, so I think I'm gonna actually cap them. Oh man, I hate it because that means leans more towards a, a boring game. But I think I'm going to predict the Lions only putting up 17 points. Yeah. But then the Vikings kind of running away with things and um, putting up 35 points. Okay. So, yeah, it's not a good time for the Lions playing in Minnesota. But, uh, yeah. Minnesota! I don't know. I, man, I mean, I, I feel for Detroit. I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's, it's funny hearing uh, Steven talk about what do you expect, you know, what do you expect yeah. with the Lions, you know? Um, but like, like that's the thing. Uh, it, it is what it is. Yeah, there are some things to get upset or frustrated about. I mean, especially the referees when they botch that Baltimore game. But I mean, it is what it is, especially in a year like this. But, man, you know, I don't pay as close attention to other teams in the league, but you got to feel for them some, you know, between the injuries, the close games, the rebuilding year, uh, the such close comebacks. Oh, man, it's going to be a long season. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be a longer season than normal because they have one extra game. Yeah. <laughs> But you know who is going to have a longer season and it's probably going to be worse for is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because <laughs> they're in the news for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I guess that's what happen when happens when you have Urban Meyer as your head coach. Oh, uh, yeah. I keep waiting, like, and, you know, it's going to be about probably week seven when they're 0 and 7. He's going to start faking heart issues again so he can get the heck out of there. Get carted off the field. <laughs> yeah. Pulls a Fred Sanford and he's grabbing his chest. He's like, it's the big one. <laughs> what, what, what was her name? Uh, I'm coming, Martha. No. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. I'm coming go. for you, Elizabeth. <laughs> I don't even know that show that well, but I do know that part. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, hopefully that's not a reaction watching the Detroit game. But I mean, it won't be a hard jack because we'll be expecting it. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. That. Uh, that being said, the Vikings are favored by nine. I don't know if we mentioned that before. So. Um. Oh my gosh! I totally forgot to update my rankings for uh, Michigan, which they're nine, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yep, they're nine. Um, in the A people, uh, and you know, right, rightfully so. I, I look, I look at it, and I look at some of the te- teams that they're being compared to. I, I would maybe put them at, at ten, but you know, with the way the other teams around them are performing, I feel, you know, nine's nine's not too bad. Um, 
Uh, I still have question marks looming around the team a little bit, but nothing that I feel is uh, unjustified for them being in that range. So uh, I I thought Michigan was going to be a top 15 team. They were definitely in the top 10 faster than I expected. But hey, with the way they performed, not too surprising. Um, So number nine, Michigan going into Nebraska, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. They are three and a half point favorites with the over under of 50 and a half. Um, it says it says a little bit of something when uh, when Vegas puts them with a small spread. So um, I think that this is going to be a similar game to Wisconsin. Uh, there might be more big plays um, in this game than the Wisconsin game. Uh, I know that uh, JJ had the uh, big what was it like fifty six yard pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a touchdown one his QBR was ridiculous because he had one pass for a touchdown <laughs> um, but I think there'll be some bigger running plays um, so if Michigan keeps playing Michigan football outside of the second half against Rutgers they play smart they take care of the ball uh, they play their game um, and they run the ball outside <laughs> my gosh dude I watched some tape today uh, for Michigan, some highlights from Washington and Northern Illinois. And the Northern Illinois, they totally dominated, you know. And Michigan was sending their running backs out on the edge for big gains. Like, some of their big <laughs> touchdowns came from those. And I'm just like, why are you guys not doing that anymore? Because football coaches are the most stubborn people in the world. Oh, my word. Ugh. So, uh, yeah, so I think that they will uh, slowly pick things apart. I think that uh, Michigan is going to put up 31 points. And I think Nebraska, hmm, I am going, I'll go with, 17 that that'll be that'll be my score I think I think it'll be like um, 10 points for the first three quarters and then they'll probably get another kind of uh, garbage time touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it 31 17 rock we're kind of thinking the same thing um, I think I guess I guess I don't have them getting that garbage time touchdown uh, you know, Nebraska's shown that they can play pretty well on defense. Um, and like I said, Martinez, he's a pretty decent quarterback. And I always thought that even a couple of years ago when they were just dreadful, I was like, this guy's pretty good, but he's got absolutely nothing to work with. Uh, it seems now that he's got like a couple decent guys, you know, to throw the ball to. And, and, you know, it's still, I, I still think Michigan handles them. Um, like kind of like you said, I don't think it's going to be a real blowout. I think it's going to be closer than um, a lot of people are thinking. But I got Michigan winning this one, twenty-four to seventeen. Okay, still covering them for you there. All right, yeah. rock. Sounds good. Uh, well, then going into our locks for the week, man. I will tell you what. Like this weekend for Big Ten football. I know that everybody's getting to, I think all the non-conference games are out of the way. 
Um, but man, this weekend, uh, several teams have buys, so I do not have a lot to choose from. I only have four games to choose from outside of uh, the Michigan game. So I am going to lock in number 11, Michigan State, covering the five-and-a-half-point spread on the road against Rutgers. Hmm. That can be an interesting game. It could be. So if I get proven wrong on this one, I'm not going to be too upset. (laughs) (laughs) That was a safe, safe choice, son. It's just kind of like, if I'm wrong, I could be happy. If I'm right, I get a point. (laughs) So, and uh, don't forget, there's the big game this weekend at at 4 p.m. of all times. Penn State going to Iowa, number four versus number three. Hmm. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. What do you got for your NFL? Uh, I kind of scanned over the games this week. Um, One kind of stood out to me, and that's, the Los Angeles Rams are only a two and a half point favor over the Seahawks. And I honestly think the Rams are going to cover that with the way Stafford's been playing. And like mm-hmm. Seattle's not as good as they used to be. Yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson's still like a very good quarterback and he's got, you know, some guys on offense like DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett and, you know, guys doesn't, like that, but I just doesn't the online suck for Seattle? Yeah, yeah, it does. And the Rams have a pretty good defense, you know, with Donald. Yeah, and that Seahawk defense is definitely not as prolific as it used to be. Right. Yeah, I think the the Rams will cover that two and a half points. Rock. So what if? What if this year, um, the Stafford Rams have a really Bowl. good season? Yeah, my dad talked about that. He's like, watch Matthew Stafford win a Super Bowl in his first year in Los Angeles. But um <laughs> he's making a case for himself to be the league MVP this year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I put some of that with me is like good for him. I mean, like I kind of wish that the same success could have happened for Calvin Johnson somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um or he, Barry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, like Barry, Barry, I didn't get to witness myself personally, but yeah, I completely uh, agree with that as well. But yeah, like, uh, you know, you feel for guys like Stafford and uh, Johnson. So it's kind of, it's kind of nice. I mean, it, it was, it was a give and take because it's just like, you knew Stafford wasn't going to get anywhere with this team. And by the time this team bounces back to be anywhere where it used to be, uh, you know, on the brink of the playoffs and things like that. Uh, Stafford uh, might not be playing at the same level. I don't know. Uh, who knows how long this is going to take for the Lions. So mm-hmm. if it ever happens. <laughs> yeah, gosh. So, but yeah, no, it'll, it'll be interesting. I haven't watched uh, the Rams play much. I might have to try to catch their games more. It's kind of refreshing to see a team that knows how to utilize a quarterback with a really strong arm. Because the Lions could never figure out how to use Stafford. Yeah, the only I mean, time they had Kelvin and they would just throw it up to him and he'd get it, but mm-hmm. yeah, they got some speed on the outside and they just you know, they're not afraid to throw bombs down the field and 
that's what he's doing and that's why they're playing so well. Um, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you know, it's out there, but it's kind of crazy to think about how good some players could be if they were just at the right place. Yeah, exactly. So. Yep. 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 Well, uh, we close things out with our questions of the week. Um, I've got my Michigan one ready, so I'll jump in first. Um, the Nebraska defense, as I have said, has been pretty stout. They have 11 sacks so far on the season. Wow. Two games, they've actually had no sacks. That was against Buffalo and Oklahoma. So with how Michigan has been playing, uh, uh, my question is, will Nebraska get a sack versus Michigan this weekend? Um, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I man, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no, but the thing that I'm kind of thinking might foil the plan is um the fourth quarter, like maybe McCarthy getting sacked or you know uh something later on, more garbage time kind of a thing. But I'll I'll go ahead and stick uh, with my answer. No. Right. Nope. So what's uh what do you got for the lines? Uh, it's funny you chose sacks because I did the same thing. <laughs> um, I got over under the Lions record two sacks. Ooh. I'm gonna say under. Mm. You said under, man, I don't know how good the Minnesota offensive line is, but considering everything that's been going on, I was going to say, I'm not really sure how good Minnesota's offensive line is either, but I know how bad the Lions pass rush is. (laughs) I'm going to go with under two. I'll take a risk on one of the questions. I'm not going to be a gunslinger and risk both of them. risk taker i'm i'm great i'm a great person to go to vegas with by the way <laughs> big, big gambler over here yeah same here <laughs> all right great maybe well, if there- we had money we might be more apt to lose some of it <laughs> yeah we might be more willing to part with it <laughs> I, I i say stuff like that to my wife all the time i'm just like oh you know like if there was such a thing as disposable income <laughs> right so, yeah, we were actually talking about sports betting the other day because it was really funny. Oh, what was it? Was it the Lions game? There there was a – no. I was watching another college game after Michigan played, and uh, my wife came in, and I was just like – and she was talking to me. I was like, I really need to pay attention to this. I have money riding on this game. And she just gave me this look, this, like, look of horror a little bit. <laughs> And I was just like, I'm just kidding. I, I I know better because one, we don't have disposable income like that. But then two, I've always been of the philosophy that the only reason I'm decent at some of these uh, predictions and things like that is because I don't put money on it. As soon as I put money on it, I can almost guarantee I'm going to be wrong 90% of the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, 
Well, um, yeah, let's hope that uh, some predictions are correct, though, for this weekend, as uh, we'll have to stay up late Saturday night uh, for the Michigan game, and then, well, not late, really, but it's a night game, and then we get the lucky 1 o'clock draw for the Lions on Sunday. We appreciate you guys always uh, hanging out with us. Uh, always have the faithful listeners. Uh, appreciate that. Um, we see the numbers rack up e- each week, and we always uh, do appreciate any voicemails you choose to leave. I'll leave the number here one more time again. 551 Blue Bro. Uh, the digits are 551 258 3276. And we always like to finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue. Thank you.